I've lived a thousand lives. I've piloted a thousand souls. I've killed and fought and died just for another role. This is the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for another Welcome to Season 32, Episode 24 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. My name is Ray. I'm Sarah. And Inky. In today's episode, Eric from New Jersey asks what skills a GM needs to run more narrative games. Mike inquires when to cancel a gaming session. And Mo suggests a toolbox approach to GMing. If you'd like to contribute a question or story to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Please send emails. Please send emails. Please, please, please send emails. Oh my God. <laughs> Announcements. The end of season 32 is coming soon. We have this episode and one more. So remember, we take a two-week break between sessions and we will be back in December. For the Indie Designer of the Month, we, since we only have two episodes this month, it didn't seem fair to have an Indie Designer of the Month only get two episodes. So we're skipping it for November and we'll come back with a new Indie Designer of the Month in December. So after a very quick, Going through all those, we are already on mailbag number one. Holy smokes. Also, Ray, it's your first time on the show, right? Yeah, it is. Yay. Okay. Yay. Ray, hi, welcome. Hi. So, uh, who are you and why are you famous? My name is Ray, and I am a publisher of comics and games. I write comics like Skies of Fire and Glow, and I publish games like The Wild Sea and Cyberpunk, Cyber Plus Punk. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you were in uh, the... Unsung Tales, a wandering yes, yes. actual play campaign. Ooh, I was uh, briefly, but amazingly. Himbo Ranger, who had no idea what was going on. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very cool. Well, welcome to this part of the Happy Jacks Empire, Woo. where we hang out and drink and talk about things. Woo. So different than every other aspect <laughs> of the Happy Jacks. We never do that. Never do that in show. No. No, no. All right. Mailbag number one. Who wants to read this one? Oh. Me? Okay. Right. Since there was a pause, Go, Sarah. I have to fill a pause. Hello, Gimme, and the rest of your wonderfully diverse group of people. I've been playing mostly traditional games for over 40 years, trad games. While I have dabbled in the more narrative stuff, I find myself feeling the need to acquire different skill sets that I may not have to effectively run a narrative game. One of the games I run is Masks. Thank you to hashtag Just Us Heroes for getting me to understand PBTA enough to make the leap, and it has been going pretty well. I mean, the players keep coming back and tell me they are enjoying themselves. That's a good sign. Yeah. Mm. Like I said, though, I want to expand my skill sets. I am very traditional when it comes to describing things, telling the players what they see. While I am good about putting the onus on them for something bad happens to you, what exactly happens, I don't do that a lot with their surroundings. Please give your listeners a deep dive of getting the players to participate in the narrative, especially where it interacts outside their character. An example of this would be the PCs entering in and you ask the one PC, a smell in here reminds you of home. What do you smell? Basically, what I am looking for is how to help build the muscle to remember to ask these types of questions in the first place, how to know what questions to ask, do I make a list, etc. Any help would be greatly appreciated. So stay happy, stay tipsy, and stay diverse. Eric from New Jersey. Huzzah. New Jersey. Jersey. I have to be mad at you because I'm from Philly, but only <laughs> for a minute. Amazing. My first 
suggestion is post-it notes. I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> that was the first thing that popped in my head. Because you should see my desk when, when I do stuff online. There's post-it notes all around. And it all, like the stuff that Kenku says, you know. <laughs> Little physical reminders. Ask questions. Ask questions. Ask questions. Like, it's literally like in uh, like all my books. Like, I have, uh, I use uh, post-its a lot of time as, as bookmarks. So mm. it's like, okay, flip to the combat section, ask questions. Flip to this section, ask mm-hmm. questions. Like, it's just like, the thing I need to remember always has to be everywhere or I won't remember. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. And then I have to switch them up because otherwise they become furniture and invisible to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So real. There's a really interesting part of Powered by the Apocalypse specifically. I'm thinking of Monster of the Week, where it talks about when you begin to play with your players that they create the world with you instead of you creating the whole world yourself. And in terms of like building that muscle to remember, because I love post-it notes, unfortunately, they are functionally useless to me. I forget they exist and I see nothing on them. (laughs) But something that I found is really helpful for me to remember is to, if you can, involve the players right from the beginning in designing the world. Because whenever I encounter a part of the world that I haven't made, it kind of acts as its own reminder of like, oh, this isn't just my world. I can bring the players in because I already brought them in for this. They made this library. They said that was there. So what are the books like? Yeah, 100%. I think it's important to give them something too. It's kind of like a back and forth conversation, right? So I like to warm up when we're just introducing our characters, If you know, just doing like a background question. But then when you get to the actual scene in the question, like, you want to be evocative, but pithy, right? If you can make it like both and it, like it gets their imagination going and you kind of like load up the question of like a library, you know, like mystery or antique or whatever, right? Like what, whatever the feeling that you're trying to evoke. Yeah, I've definitely made it a space where people feel f- like comfortable because the more you do this, the more people will like hop in and just say like, you know what I picture in this tavern right now? is like, I think there's a dude over here doing this. I'm like, absolutely. Because I read this and I'm like, oh, it never occurred to me to include everybody else. And then I went, no way, I, it did occur to me. Apparently I do that. <laughs> yeah, because you do, when, once everyone at the table gets used to it, you stop having to prompt them all the time as the GM. Yeah. They'll just start throwing things in or asking you questions like, hey, is it okay if I, you know, this, like what you were just saying. So that the muscle can get... Uh, Quite swole. <laughs> the swollest of the, the creative muscles. <laughs> and in terms of like which questions to ask, here's a weird exercise and you don't have to do it. But whenever you as a person walk in a room, try to see what you notice as a person first and foremost. And you can use that to build out what you think would be interesting for your players to notice. So like if the first thing you notice when you walk in a room usually is the smell. You can make a note and be like, oh, that's probably something that I should ask my players about. Or if there's like a weird floor that feels strange on your shoed feet, that's also a really weird thing and good to write down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of, as a screenwriter, you write a lot of like, oh, now I have to describe the place I'm in. And I, I think writing down and just, just for practice, not even places that, because a lot of times you have no idea where your characters are going to go, but just, Pick a picture and then write down how you would describe that in a book or however you would do it. And that helps. I mean, it helps me. I, I still have a hard time like wrapping up an area. I'm like, and you walk away. Yeah. Uh, but... Get out of there. Yeah. Yoink. 
and you, you're going to have to figure out too, like the right kind of questions for your group. Like mm-hmm. there are some groups, especially if they're just getting used to answering your questions narratively, like asking, there's a smell from your childhood could be great because they might need like those boundaries to come up with something. Like you're just like, there's something in here from your, that reminds you of your childhood that might be too open, but at the same time, it might be too specific. It really depends on people. So mm-hmm. some people really need a very clear, very specific prompt in order to be creative, especially when they're just starting to get used to that style of gameplay. Some people need it to be a lot more broad because if you ask about a smell, they can think of anything but smells. Like suddenly they're like, <laughs> and it's just like everything about that they've ever known about smell like disappears from their brain in that moment. Do I even have a nose? Do I, yeah, mm-hmm. what has happened? So you're going to have to kind of play around and like feel that out a little bit. Yeah, right? offer like suggestions too. And you know, you, yeah. That's really important. Yeah, or even something like, what's something that would be cooking in, at home and always made you feel like you were at home? Or if it's too specific, you can go back to like, what made you happy as a kid? If somebody needs to, to open up a little bit. I love doing the like, when you would go to your grandma's house and you'd walk in that front door and there's something that's baking in the oven and that smell hits you in the face and you're like, oh, we're at grandma's house. What was that thing? And a lot of times people get really into that. <laughs> I think the one thing that really, a lot of people tend to, to ask us, especially when they come for more like traditional gaming, like about describing scenes. And I feel like a lot of that is not where the difference between slash, you know, quote, more, more narrative games and more traditional games, quote, like we're not going to start the argument of what those mean again. But like, I feel like it's not in the description of the places as much. I feel like it is in the the interaction between the characters is more where that lies. Mm-hmm. So kind of back to what Sarah was saying when they were talking about like having uh, them build the world with you, it's also equally important to have them build their past relationships with each other. I think that is actually the real key that makes more narrative systems feel so different in many respects. Because if you're just going through and you're just describing scenes and things like that, it can feel very traditional. It can feel like, D&D, but superheroes. So having the real interactions and the, the depth and the constant changing between the characters' relationships is often the thing that, that really differentiates that. So really look in, like, how can you pull that from them, I think? Mm-hmm. Do, do you, do you Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what makes games like Masks great, because they're specifically designed to interact with other players. Like, all your moves are about interacting with how you feel about one another. And it's kind of PvP in that way, but it's great because it's masks, right? Mm-hmm. It's masks. It's really neat to think about relationship-based descriptor questions. Like you walk into a tavern and it's like something about this bar reminds you about a night that you had with other character. Yeah. What is that? And like, that's really cool. Kudos, mm-hmm. Kimmy. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because then, yeah, because then that moment also draws in those other characters. Right. And then it's not just you thinking of home. It's you thinking about that night you had. Mm-hmm. Do you regret it? Do they regret it? Do you do know both if they you, regret yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> do both of you want to do it again? Like, whatever it was? Like, all oh, that stuff. Suddenly, that pushes the story forward in a way that has nothing to do with, like, what your plot is. And that can just be fantastic because then suddenly you put this like connection between the two of them. Next time they're in a fight and they're like, oh, okay, you know, oh, you're in danger. Like, oh, am I going to keep being uh, the tank for everybody else or I'm going to run over and just save you because obviously we have this connection. So suddenly like it's just like 
it's like ping pong. Like when you get start getting that, like it bounces between and it bounces into every scene that follows after that. Yeah, one of the things, so my Wednesday night, just traditional D&D game that was supposed to be a one shot has now been running for three and a half years. <laughs> I was like, all right, you're all musketeers and you have this relationship over the past, like anywhere between two to five years and you've done all this stuff together. So if you are talking and you want to rely on a memory that you make up at the spot, all of that flies. Um, as long as the other person doesn't disagree. And like, mm -hmm. they would just pull out like, well, remember that time that we had to storm that castle and blah, 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 blah. And then like two of the characters and they like, were like, like really quickly, like got mm -hmm. the okay to do this with each other. Like mm -hmm. two of the characters realized that they had been on a, a scouting mission and got trapped in this old, in these old ruins because there was a bear outside. And while they were there, they ended up like sleeping together. And that, and that like pulled those two characters together. So when the male character left the party, like there's all these memories that happened mm -hmm. and it was like the teariest thing. It was so good. Right, when you get the stew going. Yeah. yeah. It's all play culture, right? Like developing that culture of asking questions and then it becomes natural and everyone's like sort of has a stake in the game. Yeah, just if it's important to you, write it down and make sure to practice it. Ask questions and, you know, write questions down. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like even if it's like a timer on your phone, like obviously put it on like silent or something. <laughs> but like where like every 30 minutes it pops up. Don't forget to ask questions. Ask a question. Yeah. Ask a question. Like whatever it takes to to start getting your brain used to it. Because it's something that builds very slowly. Like using the One Ring campaign as an example, I ask questions constantly in that. And but that's something that I developed and learned over like a decade of GMing. And mm -hmm. GMing at cons especially. Like, that's a great place to do it because you don't know what those people want at their table. You don't know what they want out of their story. You probably don't even remember their name, especially if you, like, didn't bring three by five cards and it's not in front of them. And you're like, you are doing great. So what do you want to do next? <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Hold up the post-it with the question mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, asking questions, I think I, like, it was something that we talked about doing it, but it's something I really leaned into with running con games because that's really the only way to get strangers to tell you like what they want to do in a story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're you're in the town. Where yeah. do you want to go? And it's like, mm -hmm. all right, you're in the town, everybody, yeah. and they're all just looking at you like, uh huh. Yeah. 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 Like, okay, this is okay. the part where you guys you take say, over. Yeah. It's the dribble, right? Like, it's the most basic, yeah. fundamental of role playing is questions. Yeah. Just ask mm -hmm. questions. Just keeping that, keeping the ball moving, keeping yeah. the momentum going. Okay, we're pausing for a second. You're going to say, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Dribbling. Sports exactly. metaphor. Yes. 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 Excellent. So, yeah, just whatever it takes you to just do it often and then get used to it. Maybe it's like at the start of every scene, you ask a question. Um, at the end of every scene, like whatever it is that your, your brain will remember, do that thing until you don't have to think about it anymore. It becomes a habit and you stop having to think about it. And then... Find a th time to like remind you of something else, whatever it is. So, habits are hard. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, us. Woo! We're a great team with dribbling and such things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dribbling Woo. and balls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, not all of us. <laughs> Some of us aren't good at dribbling. That's totally what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Basketball team. <laughs> practice. <laughs> practice. We're talking about practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> all right, mailbag number two. 
Iggy, you're looking at it. Ready to go. All right. Help me out with an argument I'm having with my wife. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that, that caused me alarm when I read this earlier. She's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, recently, I was invited to go onto a local YouTube channel in order to showcase a game that is about to go on to Kickstarter. Oh. I have played the game a few times with the creators and rather enjoy it. Under normal circumstances, I would have jumped onto this opportunity quite happily. However, the time they want to record the episode coincides with my D&D game. Hmm. I spent some time thinking about it and decided to turn down the invitation in order to play with my regular group. My wife thinks I should have canceled the game in order to record the episode. Well, I don't think that was important enough, an important enough event, in order to cancel my game. So the question is, how big does an event need to be in order for you to cancel your regular game? Family emergencies notwithstanding, do you cancel for small cons, free movie tickets, lunch with the city mayor? Mike, P.S. I love your show. More emails will be coming in the future. Please send emails. P.P.S. For the joke, show quoted text. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't show it. <laughs> what? Just, what a question. Here's the thing. I'm fiercely protective of my regular games. Yeah. And there is not much that I will cancel them for. So I feel you. Like, I'm I'm here with you. But let's see. What would I cancel a game for is the question. Yeah. I, I, it's a long-running joke with the Happy Jacks crew, but, like, a schedule is a promise. Mm-hmm. That's, like, my little tagline in our Slack channel. <laughs> It's a loose promise that lots of people break, but we do our best. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Event. I like your game is a promise to the other people that you're all going to show up and do this thing. And so it, it has to be prioritized to a certain degree. But if y'all are going to a con, like, yeah. hey, I'm not going to be here next. Yeah. Week. I was yeah. going to say the last couple of times that I can think that I've canceled something is literally because I'm out of town for a convention. Yeah. So, yeah. I tend to be a little bit more flexible with that sure. like people like your everyone's mental well-being is more important than the game yeah. yes so okay you're sick your kid's sick you're super stressed from school grades are due like whatever it is oh, those are all very personal to me <laughs> yes. problems but you know those are all times where it's like okay that that happens life um, happens you know yeah life happens yeah. and you have to be understanding now if it becomes like like we're just talking about habit, and the same person is the person who's constantly canceling then that starts being unfair. And when you have to like, just be like, eh. Personally, for this situation, I would have asked your group. Mm-hmm. I would have been, been like, hey, I have this really cool opportunity. I really would love to do this. Especially if it, if like being in the role-playing world or like being on actual plays or whatever is like a career goal for you, then that's a, a bigger thing. If that's not a career goal for you and it would just be fun, then that also changes the the stakes here a little bit. But just being open and being like, hey, I have this opportunity to do this. Can we reschedule? Can, you know, is it okay if we just skip a week? How would you, you know, how do you all feel about that? And then see what they, see what they say. Mike, you seem like someone who really values their, their personal game and their home game. And I don't have a home game right now and I miss my home game. And I would protect that fiercely because I, you know, I know how awesome they can be. But yeah, if it's to do this, this showcase game, like how important is that to you versus how important your regular game is to your well-being, right? And then same with any other event. Like I definitely would 
prioritize my game, but like if I was going to a wedding or something or mm-hmm. like out of town, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, we cancel a game for a Yeah. People recently. people got busy schedules. So yeah. it's it's hard. Yeah, if it's, it's like for me, if it's a career thing, if like I have to go to a thing where I'm gonna meet a bunch of other screenwriters mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Like I don't go to every one of them, but I go to the big ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and let me be clear, my passion for my game should not reflect on what you, Mike, if you're watching the video, <laughs> what you, Mike, decide what is important for, for you. So me being like, the only thing I cancel for is being out of town. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are in those same games who are like, I have a friend who's in town that I really want to hang out mm-hmm. with. And mm-hmm. like, we could hang out after the game, but I want to spend the whole day with them. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Do that. Yeah. Like, I have people from my Wednesday night game who have stuff like that. It's like, I got a friend in from out of town. I'm, I'm not going to be there. And I'm like, that's awesome. Go have fun with your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, but then there are things like, if you're going to cancel, don't do it the day of. A good point. <laughs> I think if, if you can at all avoid it. It's for sure. Sometimes yeah. it's unavoidable. I think there's a good point in the chat too that says, if you had a player who had this opportunity, would you want them to take it and skip a week? Yeah. Because uh, if you would be like, yeah, absolutely. That's a good thing to consider. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you would find that as an acceptable excuse, like from someone else in the game, then yeah, I find myself doing that too. Like, because I'm always really hard on myself when I have to cancel, especially because mm-hmm. I'm usually like the enforcer of schedules. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, now it's she's on the other foot and I'm the one canceling. But like putting it in that light, like, yeah, if someone else is like, hey, you know, I don't feel great or my voice is gone or, you know, my kid mm-hmm. is sick, like, it's like, okay, yeah, those are things that obviously have to take precedence. So. Yeah. I've canceled because I have too much anxiety and I just can't do this tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. And everyone's like, oh, yo, I love you. I just, yeah. Okay, wait. <laughs> speaking of questions, let's go through the list. Small local cons. Do you cancel? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Free movie tickets? Depends on the movie. Yeah, yeah it depends on the movie. I depends on who's going to be at the I might have canceled yeah. for Spider-Verse. That was great. That, that was Yeah, good. that yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Okay, uh, professional networking event. Yeah, I mean, that's like a job thing. I feel like that's like you have to have your yeah. Pa- yeah, you have to have your your career take precedent over mm-hmm. a game. Lunch with the mayor. No. Hell no. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, think I that was put as like, oh, this is the most important one, and we're like a government official. No. <laughs> yeah, no, especially our. It was lunch with Adam West. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be yeah. 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 No, I think everyone's like measure is different and every group is different. Like there's also like that, like where you are in your story matters too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's a huge thing. If you're like right there at the, like, okay, this is the the finale or like at least like the pinnacle of this particular story arc we're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like that's like a hard cancel, right? You're like, Oh gosh, everyone's there. Gonna be like, everyone wants to know what happens. So I think that, like ups the bar. Like suddenly it's like, okay, my kid's sick, but my husband's going to take care of it. Like I'm coming to the game. <laughs> like, suddenly like you, you're, you start pulling other resources to make it happen. Yeah. Like right now, one of the characters, Kismet, she is having her, like she's fighting for the throne of Feywild. Like this is the pinnacle, the end <laughs> of the campaign, mm-hmm. the second to last like series of adventures. And it is all around her, and it goes back to something that happened very early on, where she hooked up with this with Faye Daddy, as they call him. And uh, <laughs> she were me. Yeah, 
And then just things have started to unroll and unroll. And it turns out he's been trying to woo her because she's actually the real heir to the throne that he usurped from her parents and all this stuff. And so now she's like, we're in the combat and she's getting ready to like kill him or banish him and uh, has to make that decision. It's not an easy one. I won't tell you why I'm a bastard. Because yeah. <laughs> and if, uh, if she couldn't make it to that, you just keep playing, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> the game must go on. I'll just play everyone. Wait, no, that's called writing a novel. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, God, that would take so much for me to be that person and then be like, no, I can't come this year. Like, that would take something wild An and out there. An earthquake hit my house. Yeah. And, and it's collapsed. Like, yeah. not even, I mean, like, I, onto my car, so I can't drive. Yeah. And I'm, I'm laying under the rubble currently while mm-hmm. I text you about this. Otherwise, I'd get an Uber. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I would walk. <laughs> the, I think the good thing with my group, too, is that this these sorts of things have happened, and when those, when the snow gets on your house and it collapses, the snow gets on your houses. That's how it happens, right? It just gets <laughs> it on gets there. Um, yeah. I'm from Southern California. I don't actually know. I'm thinking of this friend who's in Chicago mm-hmm. because she's had like basically the snow shut down her area and like the power was going off and everything was based around her that week. And it was, and she was like, I'm so sorry. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. That's not you. It's fine. Yeah. You're taking care of your family and dealing with a crisis. No, no, no. And so I think everybody does feel safe. And it's important, I think, to encourage that. And every now and then I get snarky comments from other people and I keep them between us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I can understand that, too. Like other people in the group needing to vent, especially if you're the the GM Mm -hmm. or the person who schedules everybody for a network. Like people are like, oh, this happened again, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like... Yeah, no, it's app. Yeah, it's frustrating. You're right, and you just kind of are sounding board, validating it, yeah, and validating, and without like feeding into it and making it worse. You don't want to get them more upset about it, and you also don't want to like alienate the other people because life happens. And then sometimes those people who are upset, like they really needed that game this week. That sucks. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's not that person's fault, but I get it. Yeah, you know? yeah for yeah. sure. It's hard, and you're like starting to balance people. That's like when like being the GM like really gets hard because you end up. Regardless of how you organize it, I know we've had people be like, oh, yeah, no, I have a different player be the schedule hub. And you're just like, yeah, I feel like GM still gets like all the the talking (laughs) from everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great when there's somebody else like organizing when the game happens, but I still have to be on, you know, Johnny on the spot with it. Yeah. 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 So Mm -hmm. it happens. And you just just have to have a forgiving heart until they do it enough times that it's clearly yeah. like a habit. <laughs> and then also like sometimes you'll get the impression that you don't really respect the game. Like the third time that uh, they're like, oh yeah, I've got a friend in town and I'm just going to go hang out with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well like you need to schedule that a different time than game time because this is a commitment you've made to these friends of yours. It becomes clear that it's like, oh, this isn't like, this is a second option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fine if gaming is your second option, but this is not the table for that mm-hmm. in the commitment. Yeah. So. Especially if they're doing it like last minute regularly. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not feeling like it today. Oh, I'm not feeling like it today. But it's like all the time. <laughs> if it starts to be that, I wonder if someone's is going to cancel. Like when you start having that, that question in your head on game day, mm-hmm. it's time to maybe like evaluate or maybe have that adult conversation with them. If it's like, because <laughs> like if it's happening so often with that person that it's like actually a question you have every single week, that's, that's <laughs> problematic. That's that's an issue. Yeah. That and like, are they even going to be on time? Had a, 
had a group fall apart on our last adventure of the campaign because one person was three hours late. Ooh, yeah. wow, three hours. Without a phone call. Oh. That's not late, that's just gone. Yeah. 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 That's a whole We had started drinking and we're like, just like, okay, well, I guess the campaign's over. I'll tell you what happened to all of your characters. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then they walked Gosh. in after that? They walked in after that. No oh. apology, no recognition that they were late. Just walked yeah. in the room. Like, hey, guys, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, oh. just going to walk in here like nothing's going on. What? 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 <laughs> oh, Do they have like the wrong time? No, nothing. No. Oh, no, that's no. Mm-hmm. And, like it takes one of those and done. Like, mm-hmm. if you're like, unless you had like, an, um, like I was an driving here, yeah. my phone died and I was looking down at my phone and then I ended up running over a bunch of nails and then I had to walk here. Nails, it took me, nails yeah. in my face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, um, okay. But like, just, just, oh no, that's so And that rude. person was chronically late too and wouldn't call and wouldn't apologize and wouldn't even recognize that they were late. So yeah. So, and this was like, we had been playing for five years Oof. towards this ending and yeah, it was a big deal. And that's awful. I'm so sorry that happens. Leave scar tissue. Yeah. yeah, like I am like right angry and upset and scarred from that story. Yeah. Like after all that buildup, it's okay. It did happen in the '90s, and I'm still a little salty about it. But um, core okay, memories. so like no cell phones. Okay, so that's like gives me a like. It's yeah. still terrible, but it's definitely like now it would be like almost unheard of. Like it would be like a flat out like middle finger fuck you to like yeah. not even text. Yeah, or yeah. call. Like, I guess in the 90s, at least, it's like, okay. And it was the late 90s. Like, you could have paged me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you could have paged me, you asshole. Yeah, what, what was the page code for can't, can't make can't it going to be late? No, I don't remember why, but I know that it would have been possible for this person to have contacted us. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just yeah. kidding. But, <laughs> yeah. Remember, like, pagers, you used to have, like, like oh, YouTube. But yeah. Yeah, Andy would know. Like, <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> like, you couldn't. Like send text, so you'd send certain number codes that like oh, yeah. meant things. Mm-hmm. I think one four three was like "I love you," and like it just depended on like where the letters were. And I never I, got that from my ex wife. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was in high school, so <laughs> yeah, I remember there was like this pager escalation thing that was going on, and where it was like first it's just a page, and then eventually it was like you could leave like a, basically a text message. You would call up, and an answering service would yeah. pick up. And you would tell them the message that you wanted and to go in. Yeah. And they would type it in and send it to the pager. And then eventually you could just like call up and leave a voice message that they would listen to on their pager. And I'm like, oh, you know what the next thing is, is they're going to be able to page you and you're going to be able to actually pick up and talk back and forth and just get a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Because it was that era of crossover between like, are you going to get a cell phone or you're going to keep your pager? Thing, yeah. I got my first cell phone, I think, in 2000. Yeah. Just yeah. What was it? I think mine was 2001. Yeah. I, know, I, mm, I don't know. I think it was like. Nokia? Yeah, I think it was Nokia. It was like gray and like brick shapes. It wasn't like giant brick shape. Like. I miss phones having potentially a week of battery life. That was mm, nice. That yeah. was nice. That was super good. Mine had a little button on the side of it because I wanted the one from the Matrix. I went. Oh, but yeah. apparently, even those ones had a flaw, which is the stop would hit have too much it would hit too hard and would fly off the end but this one flipped out like a uh oh the razors 
It wasn't a razor. Oh. It was before that. It was well before that. You'd push a button on the side oh, and it would flip cool. open like a Star Trek communicator. Oh, yeah. And so I put that sound on it from when I did text cool. messages. And I'd be like, spool. Well, I did have oh, any cool flippy things. I eventually did get a razor. I got a bright pink razor. Was yeah. Those are very cool. I think I still have it in a drawer somewhere, but I was very proud of that phone. You can flip it open so dramatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, taking a phone call. <laughs> one of my friends, okay, one of my friends at work, like, she's very compulsive. She's amazing, but she decided she was spending way too much time on her phone. Like, she's like, nope, I want to get this out of my life. I'm just getting a regular, like, phone. She got a razor, like, or whatever the most recent re- razor is. So, uh, Wait, this is recently. This is recently. This is like a month ago. I love this. Yeah. So she's like, I'm not going to mess with it. Like, I'm going to just like, you can still kind of text on it. We're like, okay, yeah, text, text. Go ahead. And then you have to do that. Like, and it has like 100 messages that it can store total on it. And you have to do the thing where it's like, until you like circulate through to the right thing. Mm -hmm. But the best thing, the best thing was that we realized when we texted her with emojis, it came out with like the long emoji names, <gasps> like thumbs up number his skin tone number five. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so, so my other coworker and I would just spend like our entire lunch break like emoji texting her. <laughs> so she just yeah, like these massive long texts. Like, we were like, okay, which emojis have the very longest like text like alternative? We're we're bored, but it was, it was amazing. Oh, she was just like it. Le- she lasted like four days. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, there's I one of my first phones was one of the ones that like flipped and had a keyboard. Oh know? yeah, so, like I feel like that's my a first. good. I'm on this too much phone because mm-hmm. that you can have some texts. You can yeah have some type. I wonder but. if the kids would like that as like a prop, like retro text. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. I like, miss having an actual beep, beep, beep. physical keyboard. I had the Samsung G1 that you would oh. flip up and then you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Satisfying. And man, I could type so fast on that <laughs> thing. This thing, my fingers are too fat for this. <laughs> so if you're going to cancel, pay for the person <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so now not text. Yeah, don't text. So everyone has to write in with what they think like the pager code would be for canceling your gaming session. Yes. Tell us what you think. Put it on the Discord. On the Discord, yeah. <laughs> Happyjacks.org slash Discord. That's right. All right. Mailbag number three. Do you want oh, to read it? Right. We still have one more mailbag. All right. Yeah, me to read it or do you want to read it? I got it. Okay. Mo. My buddy Mo. Mo. Hey, Jackers. Hey, Mo. They dies in gentlemen. I love Claire's <laughs> description of Forged in the Dark. Perfectly good PBTA games, but with anxiety. <laughs> My GM style is the toolbox style. Especially with PBTA and one-shots, I let the player's character choices determine what kind of problems they'll have to solve. So if a character is witchy, they'll have to solve some arcane problem. If the character is thief, they'll be something to steal. Who wants to be in a game where they play a fighter and they have to diplomacy their way through a problem? Especially for a one-shot. Hence the term toolbox style. They want to be hammers, we'll give them some nails. They want to be screwdrivers, screw them. You know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Thoughts on this? Is there a better name for this approach? Mo P. No yeah. better name. I love that. Yeah. Toolbox style. Yeah. 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 I think we've also talked about, like, now I've completely gone blank. It's fine. It's fine. I got your back. I Thank love you. this. I do this all <laughs> the time, especially in one shots where I'm like, all right, what characters are everybody playing? Are you a ranger? All right, some we're going to have something to track here. So I'm going to put in this like moment of tracking. And it's like, oh, you're a rogue. I'm going to have time for you to sneak or to lock some picks. And then like 
Uh, and then just give a little something for everybody to do to make them feel like the fantasy they wanted to play. Yeah, absolutely. Modular game design was what I was trying to think of. There you go. So like, especially for one shots, it works really well when you've got like the pieces and then you just have them out. And then like, depending on what they do, you kind of move the pieces in different order. It's like train cars and you're just like, nope, we're going to move this train car here and this train car here and the caboose and the engine are still at the front and the end. But the ones in between can be in whatever order you want. So, uh, oh, yeah, not enough time for this train car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, that one's gone. Okay, oh, this one's gone too. This one leads directly to this one now. <laughs> My game yesterday, I came up with this entire sea battle and I was like, I kind of don't want to do it. And then, like, <laughs> Like we just did a big massive numbers battle. I kind of don't want to do another one, but mm-hmm. this is makes sense for this pirate adventure that we're on. Uh-huh. And then like the way the story went, I'm like, yeah, I get to throw that out. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Toolbox good. Yeah. However, oh. <laughs> however, there is an occasional very fun situation. If this is to your player's cup of tea where you specifically put someone who's bad at something in the occasion where they're bad at it. Mm-hmm. Example being... Last I love being that person, too. <laughs> last season of Pinnacles, mm-hmm. which, which Angie and I are on, uh, mm-hmm. our dear departed Joe, he's not dead, he's just not playing with us he anymore. Just departed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he just departed. School started. Yeah. Yeah. School started for him. He paged. Yeah, he paged. He... <laughs> He played a character who was very, did not even like know technology or the world that we were in or really how to talk to anyone outside of our group. And for some reason, he ended up in a situation where he was trying to seduce an NPC (laughs) at a hotel bar. And that was, that was maybe my favorite scene of the entire season. I thought it was so. Was it an, and this is where it comes in as like, you need to have like GM chops because you don't want to just be like, and you fail and fail and fail. Our GM was doing a great job of like, is this in your tool set? No. Are you doing badly? Yes. Is she for some reason into it? Also, yes. (laughs) Which really makes me think even worse of this person. (laughs) Just make it, you can play to people's weaknesses and make it enjoyable. So it's kind of like the anti-toolbox approach, but use both. Yeah, and those moments are so memorable to your players, too. Like, uh, I was playing D&D with my my buddy Vince, and he's just playing like a, you know, like a big fighter type. And his favorite scene, the defining moment of his character was when he was in the tavern and he was arm wrestling people. He was like, (laughs) y'all was the best, man. (laughs) I I loved it. What was he playing? He's playing a, like a dragonborn, like barbarian. Wow. Vinny, uh, two barrels. <laughs> That's awesome. Vinny, two um, barrels. Yeah. Like, so if you, the, now the thing is like, the real question is like, how do you like you know, the relationship between like, tell me what you want versus surprising Mm-hmm. you right like because mm-hmm. when you surprise them in a good way that's like when it really hits right mm-hmm. so it's like how do you how do you give them what they want but like surprise them too yeah it really depends there are some players who love that and lean into it and enjoy failing and there's players who hate it yes true. they hate everything about it and they will see underneath the surface or just like lose it there's actually a campaign that i was in that we didn't realize till the end that the one of the players just hated the entire campaign. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> the concept was something that like they very specifically had designed their character to hate a certain thing, 
And then it was like, surprise, this campaign is all about this thing. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, and it's like, instead of saying something or, like, changing, like... They like they just felt really like ambushed and just were like they didn't say anything about it. They just like played the campaign and just changed their character, but like the whole time were mad about it. It was like it was very strange. And That's you're a just bummer. like, yeah. A well, and it was a bummer for everybody because it was something where like it probably would have been something that would have been like easy to talk out or figure out, or maybe we could have changed the direction of something. But instead, it was just something that like just like seeped, and it was just like not. Like, not the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, like, something that was supposed to be, like, a fun, like, oh, this is going to surprise and, like, catch everyone in the party off guard. Yeah. Which most of us thought it was. Like, oh, this is weird and unexpected. Yeah. And then, like, the one person just, like, oh, and, like, the whole time. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm very much into. Like, when you're going to do a campaign, let everybody know the buy-in. Yeah. yeah. Like, we had, back in that old 90s group, where we spent a month or something like that while we were playing one game, prepping for an Old West adventure. And it was like, I was playing Black Bear Gary. And I had a, a mule named uh, Snowball. And, or Snowflake. I think it was pre-Snowball. Okay. Snowflake. And, um, <laughs> and we were all really super excited about this. And then the guy who was running the game on the first one, suddenly there's like zombies and werewolves. And it was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I wanted to play Old West stuff. I didn't yeah. want to play a zombie game. Yeah. And we talked to him about it, and we just, the game just fizzled out. Mm. The real lesson with all the people. So his communication. <laughs> yeah, communication. Yeah, that's really that's like, yeah, that's like yeah, the 90% of the advice. Like, yeah. talk to it. But yeah, I don't know. I, toolbox style. Yeah. I feel like that's like. Yeah, I can. I've also like, like, I have a couple of like one shot. Adventures that I've written that I like to play and run people through and stuff like that. And one of them is like your caravan gets attacked by goblins. And as you're fighting the goblins over here, a bunch of orcs come in over here and steal some people. And then you have to go get them. And it's like, oh, they could be just over the horizon or you might have to track them. Mm -hmm. And then like I was like, oh, well, we have a rogue in this. And she was a arcane trickster. And she turned invisible and had to sneak through this orc camp. And then went in and there's a, um, where the prisoners are, there's a, like a drake, who, a fire-breathing drake, who she like went in and unlocked all of the stuff. And it was mad at all the orcs. And so it went out there and it caused like havoc with them. And then everybody attacked. It was super fun. Everybody had a really great time. But I don't have to do that. Like I played that again. We didn't have a row. Yeah. Certainly not an arcane trickster. Yeah. And so I knew that wasn't going to be a big deal. But yeah, so I just switch it up and kind of like do a little compartmentalizing you know like mm -hmm. oh well let's put a door here mm -hmm. that somebody can pick um, well and it's one of those things mostly like, i think of rangers and rogues that's it yeah, <laughs> mostly, yeah well and it's like one of those things it's like if you know you can't have anyone who knows how to get by that door like don't put the door there yeah like i almost feel like i don't know toolbox that, that doesn't for me it doesn't like grab like what it really is it's more mm -hmm. like a choose your own adventure or like i keep thinking of uh, like those carnival rides where it's like, I, I guess I, like I'm thinking that like Indiana Jones, it, like you're like, okay, there's door, no, like there's different doors you can choose mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. like the, like when he, the ride at Disneyland. Okay. Like this is what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking of any movie. I'm thinking of the ride at Disneyland, which you go through and it's like, you get to choose the, like, yeah, it's really cheesy. Sorry. No, no, sorry. I've been to Disneyland. Things in the <laughs> chat just said, or have a door and it's not locked. And all I could think of was, 
the unlocked door is sometimes like the most <laughs> dastardly trap you can put in front of people. And they, they just, will spend a half hour yeah. trying to pick this lock and everything, and it's Sing. like, no, wait, wait a minute. There's a door. Did you try the handle? It's traps. It's traps. Are there traps? Are there spells on it? Do I feel any spells? Roll investigation. Yeah, let's get ready. But I think so. When when it's just a tavern. Players yeah. are creating their characters. They definitely kind of indicate like what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And in games like PBTA, they have like the drives, right? So it's like, oh, okay, that's like sort of what the character wants and like their archetype, external, internal action, right? So it's like, but then doing that psychology of like, okay, what do you really want? And how can I kind of deliver that in the first, like when you're feeling it out, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in a one shot. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those, like for a longer campaign, like I don't, I don't do it as much for one shots, but for longer campaigns, I definitely say like in the movie, mm-hmm. Sarah, that yeah. this character is the star of uh-huh. in their like universe. Mm-hmm. What, how do they fight? How do they act? Like what is, what yeah. do they look like in that movie? Mm-hmm. And like, what is your, what is your fantasy? Cause I'm going to try to 100%. deliver on that. And for longer campaigns, I, I'm going to brag on my partner for a second, because I think they do something for our longer campaign. That's really fantastic because this, we've been talking mostly about like engaging what people enjoy mechanically, but I think being a good GM is also engaging what people want narratively for their players yeah. as well. And that can sometimes be like two different questions. But uh, something that they've done, which is, I think, very cool, is that they've merged the two in that each of us, we know at some point in the game, are going to encounter what is called a personal dungeon, which is something that is specifically tailored to our character's mechanical needs, but also tailored to some kind of something that we either have in our backstory or have asked him to, like, bring up and use. And so we know that we are going to get both mechanically and narratively engaged for that moment in the arc. I think it's very cool. I think you should build, they're not always like dungeon dungeons, but they're referred to as dungeons. One was a temple. Another was like an underwater cavern kind of thing. Highly recommend. It's always very enjoyable as a player to encounter. Absolutely, yeah. Oh my God, did we do it? We did it. It just went by so fast. It did. (laughs) All right. Thank you for joining us for season 32, episode 24. Please support our amazing. In- oh, no, we don't have an indie designer of the month. Sorry, I forget that. But come back in December when we do have an indie designer of the month and support them. Thank you to our chat mod, James V, and to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad free and independent. You can join their ranks at happyjocks.org slash Patreon. We just posted our very first episode of Nerding Out, which is basically a couple of us in here talking about whatever. And the topic was costuming. <laughs> Nice. It, it was wild. It was me and Kai and Adam and Clara. What a dream. It was wild. And we talked so much. And like it was very high level. Like I think we're gonna do different like episodes later of like like Lord of the Rings costumes and like da-da-da mm. costumes and like different, but it was very like high level. Like, okay, this is what like industry versus like cosplay versus like theater versus like Renaissance for reenactment. And oh. it was it was a very cool, interesting conversation. And it was just in time for Halloween. We were like so I'm in a very cool shark onesie because that was <laughs> the amount of energy I had to, do, to donate to costuming that at that point. But anyway, check that out if you're a Patreon. I think it's uh, D8s and above get those episodes. So yeah, happyjacks.org slash Patreon. My name is Kimmy. Name's Ray. I'm Sarah. And Ingi. And today we're going to leave you the song called Prologue by our friends at Super Mad NES. They do like amazing, badass, like rock covers of games 
Then our friend Ryan Iyengar is one of their amazing guitarists. Fucking amazing. Check them out at supermadnes.com. And yeah, enjoy. We will see you all next week for our last episode of the season. <gasps> Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song is played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.